inside the Temple 23. You tracking? We linked. Wish me luck. This is Max, Max, Max Headroom coming to you live and direct from the View Age Temple. And let's not beat about the burning bush, bu bush. We're not like any other ch church, temple, mosque, or prayer man. The passing of director and writer William Friedkin is certainly unfortunate, and Hollywood has lost a heavy hitter in terms of their creative team. However, and this isn't speaking out of school as I understand it, because he would probably agree one reputation that he did have was that of being incredibly difficult to work with. Sometimes in amusing ways. Ah, look, you have a visitor. Other film-related podcasts are paying tribute to the man, warts and all. And certainly, I would like to cast in my love of the French Connection and Cruisin, while everyone else is, too. And fortunately, the many other tributes are not shying away from how complicated he could be and how strange his behavior was. And none of this at all hobbles or hinders his excellence behind the camera or with just coming up with ideas. He was who he was. And somehow, he created great things acting that way. And unfortunately, he was terrible to have to work with, if that was also your job. Life goes on. Oh, she's such a good woman, isn't she? <laughs> that is a long way of saying that, as difficult as he was to deal with, we do also recognize his contribution to film and culture, and he will be tremendously missed. And then there was Sarah, you know, Adati's granddaughter. Well, she had her art show at the Institute last week, and it was the most wonderful thing. Oh, I wish you could have seen it. With tongue placed firmly in cheek, however, and with the understanding that I would have given anything to get his side of the story as well. Here's a moment from our podcast, in conversation with Steve Roberts about his post-Max Hedrum career, dedicated to the life and memory of Mr. Friedkin. I swear, I really am a fan. Even if we probably would not have gotten along at all. I know that you worked for Disney for quite a while after Max Headroom, uh, doing different scripts for different shows and whatnot. Uh, how did that come about? Oh, the, the, yeah. Um, was it Disney? There were a lot of others. There, there's a, a whole list of, of studios, um, which, uh, you know, Lorimar and New Line and Sony. And uh, I've got a list of them somewhere here. Renaissance, Fireworks, Warner Brothers, Nelvana, Carol Co. You know, well, the reason that happens is because once you got started, a sudden switch in your life occurs. First, these checks start appearing, which, of course, is an eye-opener. And secondly, something happens that never happened before. You get an agent. And the reason you get an agent is because they know those checks are there. 
And so all of a sudden, everybody who was previously slamming the door in your face and saying, well, who the hell do you think you are? And what can I do for you? Is screaming, can we work for you, please, and get our 10%? So that's what changes. And the reason that you start to work for all these other people is because you've got an agent out there going, hire him, hire him, I want my money. And that's what happens, and you get passed around. And I ended up doing things like Hercules, the Hercules series, and Queen of Swords, and um, uh, all sorts of, uh, of, of stuff like that, you know. And it's basically because your agent is placing you. And um, it's as simple as that. And you end up writing dozens and dozens and dozens of things that nobody would have hired you with had the agent not gone in and sold you. And then movies, the same, you know, exactly the same. I wrote a movie for New Line. I actually wrote the same movie twice for New Line, for uh, uh, about Tom Brown, the tracker, stuff like that. And, you know, and that's where the mad things start to happen. Um, I'd sold, pitched to two networks, um, the story of Tom Brown, the tracker, if you're aware of it. I won't waste your time with it now, but it's fascinating. From New Jersey... Tom Brown the Tracker was born in 1950 and has written a series of 18 books between the years of 1978 and 2019. He also wrote a series of articles for Mother Earth News between 1981 and 1985 and was the subject of a CBS News report in 2005 and 2006. Later, he opened the Tom Brown Jr. Tracker School, using his version of Indian ceremonies as part of the training. Some of Brown's claims have been unsubstantiated, and his first big case led to a lawsuit after he found the wrong person. But he began to develop a name for himself, and to this day has a reputation as someone who tracks people who have gone lost, dangerous animals, and fugitives from the law. We'd sold it in one morning to two networks. The pitch must have been very good, is all I can assume. And they were then fighting each other to get the show. And at the same time, New Line Cinema wanted to do a movie, and I can't quite remember how this all got put together, but they saw some of the writing for it and wanted to do it. So they had me write a motion picture of the same subject as well. Well, William Friedkin, who I'm sure you've heard of, Hurricane Billy. William Friedkin's notorious difficulty as a person to work with is almost as legendary as his filmography, having directed The French Connection, The Boys in the Band, Sorcerer, Cruising, and To Live and Die in L.A. Hurricane Billy came on to direct it, you know, and we all think, well, Christ, yeah, that's nice because we've got a top director. And the first words out of his mouth to me were, this stinks, you haven't got a clue what you're doing. Uh, which was not a great thing to hear from a director on the f- at the first meeting. And my agent, who was sitting there, turned a very strange white colour because, faced with this uh, turbulent little man, I said, oh, good morning, my name's Steve, who the hell are you? And that really got us into it. And uh, so, uh, you know, storming out, I think, is the word. Um, and I got a call from uh, him that night saying, look, 
I'm going to show you what this needs. I'm going to send you over some stuff, show you the sort of thing I need, and see if you can rewrite the opening 10 or 12 pages like it should be done. Well, you know, I was getting paid to do it, and so you just say, yes, sir, fine, send it over. And I received by car in my little uh, beachside hut in Malibu where I was living very happily at the time, uh, some handwritten pages. And uh, so I looked at these and I thought, I don't know what hell this is, but it's not the movie, it's awful. And then I found a note at the end saying, you know, from from Bill, this is, this is how it should be done, do it like this. And I thought, what the hell do I do? Because I like my version. Uh, he's been saying to another, and I just didn't do it. So in the end, I did the only thing I could do. So I worked away for a few hours and called the car, which arrived in the middle of the night, because that's how they do things. Bullock takes my type things and returns them. And the following morning, I get an irate telephone call from William Friedkin saying, you know, I'm going to have to fire you because this is a disaster. This is the biggest load of crap I've ever seen. And I said, I know. You wrote it. All I did was retype it and send it back. Oh. That's embarrassing. And well, the great the great thing about all that sort of thing is, you see, was that I had been fired off the spot, no trouble at all. He was fired off the film a, a month later or something, and my agent came back to me and said, "Well, uh, they've asked me to come back to you. Would you mind going and rewriting it again?" And I said, "Oh, for crying out loud, not again!" He said, "They'll pay you again." I went, "All right, fine, through it." So now I'd written one script and got paid twice for it. One for tomorrow. One just for today. I tell you, Hollywood is a weird place. Don't go near it. Certainly, playing a story about a less than graceful moment from the man's career might not seem like much of a tribute when you think about it. But in the spirit of Max Hedrum himself, it seems to be incredibly appropriate. And kind of funny. Oh, well, I, I guess that's all right, isn't it, dear? We'll be back in two weeks. Until then, be seeing you. So come along and be saved. In fact, we'll save you for as long as you like. Call, call now. Our operators are standing by. <gasps> Will someone please say amen? Amen. amen. <laughs>